0: Hello, and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering podcast produced by me, Fraser McGrew, for Aleph Insights. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision-making. I'm here with Chris Ragg and Nick Hare of Aleph Insights. And this week, we're discussing multifunctionality. Uh,
1: Chris, multifunctionality. What are we talking about, lead us in. Well, the reason this came up is because what I've realized is uh, when I use a computer now, um, or, or any kind of applications uh, in a business context, I'm paranoid about using the return key. Okay. Uh, because in in most cases, historically, it just moved you on to the next line. Mm-hmm. But on lots of things that I'm using now, particularly things like Slack and uh, other tools like that, it actually publishes what you've been writing. Right. So instead of just moving on to the next line, it's suddenly publicly visible to a bunch of people. Uh, and so what what I realised is that I didn't like the fact that the return button is now being used for more than it's been one. hijacked. It's been hijacked for another purpose. Mm. Uh, so I sort of accept that you know you can't have one key for. Absolutely every potential thing you might want to do in every single application, but But uh, we kind of do in the re, in the return key, is that what you're saying? Though, well, uh, yes, I'm saying that. But that by and large, its function is sufficiently important and critical that it warrants its own its own button, right? But a- anyway, the point is, what I started thinking about was uh, when is it a good idea to have a a single use functional tool and when is it a good idea to have a you know a, a multifunctional thing like a like a swiss swiss army knife when you know when when do you want a um a specialist knife and when do you want a swiss army knife what what are the contexts uh and um you know rationales for deciding that can i nice.
2: so just to drill into this keyboard problem is it the case that you would like a uh, a publish key, like a commit key. Do we want so like an got, execute key? Yeah, we've got, a, we've got a carriage return key which is just, uh, literally will move your cursor onto the next line. And what we're saying is that we want to have a separate key which is a sort of commit. It's like a serious return. This is an actual, I'm going to now commit this to, you know, to, to print. Yeah. And yeah, if I had to uh, nominate a key that could make way for that, it would be scroll lock. What
0: the scroll hell lock? does that do?
2: Is there a scroll lock on my keypad? Yeah, is there? Yeah. Let's have a look. Hold on, I've got a, I've got a laptop. Oh, in front you've got of me. a Mac though. They might not have a scroll lock, but it, on PCs, you get a, there's a thing called scroll lock, which has been there since 1980, and nobody's worked out what it's <laughs> for.
1: But I, th- I, well, I think what you've just said there has made me think of something that I hadn't previously considered, which is that the the reason this is problematic is because the the differences, even even though. Um, the function seems not not dissimilar you know moving down a line or or putting a bit of text out to to print uh the consequences of it are actually quite different because the the scenario i'm worried about is i'm writing something it's incomplete and potentially like libelous (laughs) in some way and and i'm i just think i'm pressing return to move down to the the next next line and start writing and actually you know bugger me i've i've sent it to everybody mm-hmm. um and so uh so it's it's not necessarily that uh i i want a separate button for this and a separate button for that it's that you know if your if your button for sort of scratch your nose and your button for the ejector seat are are the same <laughs> button right then that's a that's a that's a problem yeah um, okay
0: yeah um well look a couple of things just leap to mind um First of all, it's interesting because we can all see how it ended up like this. And it's just it's actually not really by design, is it? it all that's happened is it's just iterations of technology. And suddenly that key that you move to next line when it was 100 years ago on your typewriter is now, as we as we've said, it sort of it tends to be like execute loads of stuff um, button, although not always. So it can be confusing. Um, that kind of stuff is really hard to change, isn't it? So, isn't it? If you so, if you wanted to have a, a you know a bright red execute button, that would be quite difficult to institute. And that's the first thing. Second, we probably I don't know if we want to stay on this that much, right? We I suspect
2: it... that people are more plastic about that than we think actually. What do you mean plastic? Well, I suspect that we can probably remap our mental They're malleable keyboard much more easily than we think we can. But okay. it's just that we the short term costs are quite high. But, yeah. you know, we can do that with um, vision, like you can turn people's vision upside down and within yeah. like a day or two, yeah. they're, they're operating as normal. So I feel like it probably would be more straightforward. But, sure. Um, Before yeah. you go
0: on, have you ever, at the end of a really serious email, typed out loads of rude words?
2: I, and I then just, and then like I haven't got the balls to do that. I've done it. I've yeah. done it.
0: And then just hover my cursor near the God, end. You you crazy <laughs> man. I
2: live on the edge. Maverick. Um That's like that feeling you get when you're standing near a cliff and you're worried you'll yeah. throw yourself in. Yeah, yeah, but you're yeah. voluntarily putting yourself in that position. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh Nick, broaden us out. Take us in, a, in another sort of Well, know, um yeah, so the Chris has picked on an example of something which is you know, incredibly multifunctional. Uh, the keyboard, the mouse—if you could say—is probably even more so as, as far as control devices go. What with there being only two keys, which is pretty amazing. All the things mm. we can do with the mouse—you mm-hmm. um, know—and and I think if you think about the way that our concept of what the mouse buttons do has changed over time, uh, you didn't. This didn't used to be the case, but now I think it's fairly clear that left click is to grab something on screen. Yeah. It grabs it. Um, right-click is to do something to it. Yeah, that's broadly it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, much. B- but I think let's get away from mouse and keyboard for a minute, and and also I don't want to talk about mobile phones either because these things are really ultra kind of multifunctional. Mm, mm. Just thinking about multifunctionality in general, mm. what is the wh- what is the theory that we should use to think about whether you should put two things together? Um, yeah. So I was trying to think of examples of things that are together but clearly not multifunctional or which are together for weird reasons and and the obvious one i came up with was cobblers cutting keys yeah that's something everyone remarks on they're like why do you go to a cobbler to get your keys cut and um i thought the answer was obviously well they use the same machinery Mm -hmm. but well, it, apparently, that's totally not true. Apparently, yeah. cobblers cutting keys was a thing that cobblers invented when shoes got better. So demand dropped. Yeah. But that's actually quite an unusual, rare example of yeah. two, two things that oughtn't to go together, that are put together. Uh, the only other example which I draw which from my own personal experience, is um, Borland's darts and television shop in Edinburgh. Darts and television. Darts and television. <laughs> if you've got any need for darts and dart supplies or televisions and television supplies, Borland is your man. Right. Any home other home entertainment. Well, it is really, yeah. yeah. But any other type of thing, no good. Don't go there. But darts and television. You're sorted.
1: Yeah. Which don't mix, by yeah. the way. <laughs>
2: well, the thing is that, like, so this probably brings us on to what we're going to talk about, is actually they do, really, because is they're both things that you get in a shop. And it seems to me that if you can have a shop, you've already got ninety percent of the way there. So you can put, you know, you can put ice cream and nails in it. <laughs> that's so. Why don't we have more sort of multifunctional shops? I mean, you can have a small general shop, can't you? you, can get, you know, a, a hardware store. Hardware store, but that's generally hardware related. But you know, yeah, a supermarket so sells all yeah. different types of food. And obviously, the trend over the last sort of hundred years has been for shops to become. Uh, you know, less and less specialized. You no longer go to the butcher and the baker and all these things, mm. which, you know, candlestick maker. Nah. Yeah, yeah, those guys. Um, yeah, so it, actually, it's even though that's an odd example of darts and television, actually, it does make sense when you think about it because it's a shop. And if you've already got, got a shop t- selling televisions, okay, you only so you need, need half Well, the and shop if, if people to sell who televisions. buy
1: televisions are also the same people who buy darts, then you're on to a winner, aren't you? The, th- the things don't need to be thematically linked if the customers are the same.
2: But I don't even know if the customers need to be the same. Because, I mean, if I want to get something darts related or but, television related, yeah. I don't need to need both at the but same, but same time. wouldn't it be great for in? a
0: business point of view if you were someone, your customer was someone who needed both? Darts and TV. people who
2: hang their dartboard just above their television.
1: Yeah, yeah. Buy, buy a TV, get a dartboard <laughs> yeah. free. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, so the equivalent, I think, if you think about a Swiss Army knife as being yeah. the ultimate example. Okay. Of, uh, yeah. Because well, I mean, everyone loves.
0: It just occurred to me. I'm, I'm still just trying to ease my my head into this conversation, into this into this episode, frankly but it strikes me everyone loves swiss army knives i they think mm. they're brilliant okay and they're so famous and so on swiss army knives are pretty crap actually
1: hmm i think yeah well here's here's the thing so like, like if you take a pair of nail scissors right what's what's better a pair of nail scissors or the little scissors you get a- attached some in, big in, weird yeah. clunky thing yeah. and yeah or, or a can opener you know mm. a, a specific can opener or all that that thing so I, my sort of my kind of working theory that I've that I've kind of started developing for, for for multifunctionality is that you've you've got um, you've got three three axes right and and you're try and the um, sort of aggregate score on those axes gives you broadly kind of utility of the of the tool right and the three axes that I, that I mm. th- think about are versatility, can it do lots of things, like a Swiss army knife can. Uh, Is it any good at the things that it does, right? Mm -hmm. And are those things that it does important, Mm -hmm. right? So if you've got something that's versatile, really good at all the things it does, and all those things are important, you've got the most useful tool. Yeah. But there are occasions, like, you know, if you take something like... uh, where, where you get two of those, but you still got a really good tool. So like the plow, OK, it's not it's it's not terribly useful beyond plowing a field. But turns out plowing was a really, you know, a- agriculture was a really important function. Uh, so it's it's highly specialized, but it's important. So I, so I think you kind of need two on those uh, on those three. You know, Swiss, Ar- Swiss army knife is uh, good at a bunch of important th- uh, or, or rather... It, in it, theory, it, it can do a whole it, bunch it, of it stuff. It can do a whole bunch of things uh, which are all quite important Yeah, uh, but it's not terribly good at any of them. But I tell you what those things
2: are? I found a list of things you can get. There's obvious things like scissors. We all know about what, that. What, that you can get on a Swiss army knife? Yeah. Okay, brilliant. Fish scaler Hook disgorger, yeah. Ruler, oh yeah, yeah, I remember. The wire ruler. scraper, pruning blade, pharmaceutical spatula, otherwise known as a cuticle pusher. Okay. <laughs> a cyber tool, which is apparently the same as a bit driver. Okay. Um, LED light, USB oh, flash drive. Good lord, <laughs> yeah, they've really, so. oh, they, yeah. they um, come into the twenty-first yeah. century. Um, obviously, magnifying lens and various types of screwdriver. Um, hoof cleaner. Going right back to the nineteenth century again, there Um, a shackle opener, a shackle opener, okay, you know, which I think may be similar to a marlin spike. Yeah, a reamer. No, when was the last time you used a reamer? Oh, just this morning, actually. Yeah, Yeah. Um, toothpick. That was one. I remember. Yeah, I remember the toothpick. Yeah, it It was because it it, it comes out, but it comes out, so you lose it. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. Then you've got the ballpoint pen, the stainless pin, and finally. If you can believe it, you can also get digital clock, alarm, timer, altimeter, thermometer, barometer. You get all these scientific instruments. You can now get on a. Swiss army knife. So that now, I I was thinking about this in terms of, not in terms of demand, as I think Chris is talking about sort of when the needs, it, are these things important? And it does
0: feel like a tool that's been created by a state
2: for its army and the state is neutral. Um, <laughs> but um, anyway, sorry, go on. I was thinking of it more from the supply point of view, like the economics of scale, really. And I think this is where it comes down to, you know, is uh, to, to what extent <clears throat> is there an overlap between... Um, actually, the delivery mechanism of these things. So, if you think about if you wanted a folding knife, mm. and you also wanted a folding pair of scissors, mm. actually, there's quite a lot of that which is shared. So, you can they can share a pin, they can share a handle. So, there's a logic to a to a, uh, a Swiss Army knife, yeah. which is that there's actually all of these things. You only need one handle at a time. Yeah. And so you you get one handle, one pin. And then you can just shove as many things on it as possible. So there's
1: a base element that is in common to all the different tools that use it.
2: Yeah, and I think that's true of, uh, if you think of other multifunctional devices, like a sofa bed. There's quite a lot on a, like the surface of a sofa becomes at least part of the surface of the bed, right? And they both need to be soft. And they both need to be soft. And they're the same size. Yeah. So again, some spork. Got to be more or less human sized, yeah. Let me talk about the spork. The spork, yes, yes, yeah, perfect sense, right? Yeah, yeah, same handle, almost the same thing at the end, really. Um, washer dryer, slightly more tenuous, but mm. the, you know, the, you've got a big mechanical spinny thing. Mm. Um, but
1: that, they're both thematically related as well. Well, in the, in that it.
2: doesn't bother me quite so much, actually. Yeah. It's more the it's more because you could imagine, uh, having you, well, I'll tell you some thematically related stuff that doesn't work, and it's salt and pepper, yeah. I I used to have a salt and pepper thing that was like one object and the salt went in the top and you could turn it upside down and shake it on your food. Yeah. And the pepper went in the bottom and you turned the salty bit to get the ground pepper out. But you end up with bits of... of, It's a mess. Uh, And and neither of those things do their job at all well because there's actually very little overlap between what you need from a pepper grinder and what you need from a salt shaker. So so I think it's to do with the... okay. if we think about the functions of an object or at least the... um, you know, the kind of parts of an object as a kind of tree. Mm. It's a question of how far down the objects branch off from one another. Yeah. So with a, with a Swiss Army knife, approximately 50% of the object is shared, and then the other 50% is like a tree. Whereas if if salt and pepper, I'd say, diverges very, very quickly. Mm. So there's very little space for integration, and you're, it's not likely to work. Mm. Uh, so basically, the higher up in that tree of, of production your branching occurs, the more you value there is in in putting them together, I think.
0: But also there's a, there's a kind of, um, there's a convenience thing going on here as well. There's mm. a balance somewhere, which is the convenience against efficacy, isn't it? I suppose. Is that the right way to put it? Where, um, like the spork, for example, mm. which I can't bring to my mind what it looks
2: like. Um, imagine a spoon but with tines <laughs> yeah that's it so
1: like a runcible spoon when did a, when did a spork take over from a runcible spoon what's a spoon? i don't spoon? think a
2: runcible spoon is the same thing as a spork it's not dissimilar though is it i don't know because i probably if a runcible spoon came up and introduced itself right i wouldn't reckon you'd think it. it was a spork <laughs> maybe i would
0: what's a runcible spoon well, it's like a spork. <laughs> I thought. Well, is it? So is it? It's sure was it wasn't made just, up.
1: By is it a just no, no, no. It's not. It's not a Lea. It's not a Lea. Oh. Um, uh, you know, surrealism uh, um, thing. It's a, it's a real thing. Okay. Um, <laughs> but I'm trying to think.
0: So, you know, when is it better? In what circumstances do you go? You definitely need a
2: spoon and a fork. Okay. Um, well, again, convenient. It's it's the most obvious thing is like space saving. Space. Isn't that's it? that's the most that's the most important thing I think. A- apart from obviously the cost saving because you, you're reusing yeah. the parts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is a small cost saving for the spork mm. uh, in that that you only need to make one handle. um You know, so but there's, uh, so there's the defi- cost element. But there's definitely, I think, from a demand point of view. Yeah. Uh, there's definitely that conveni- the convenience of, of only having to pack one thing, particularly yeah. important if you're going camping, yeah. hence why actually yeah, a lot yeah. of camping supplies have this kind of multifunctional yeah, yeah. So multifunctionality it, built in. So definitely occasions when you want multifunctionality. Yeah, but I think, as Chris was saying, there's no getting around the fact that it's going to be worse at everything.
1: Yeah, 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 it's a compromise. But, 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 no. yeah, but what you're trying to do, like the, the, most, the, the best multifunctional things are the, the ones which perform... Multiple roles with minimal or no detriment to the to the other roles. So, uh, if you think about something like a games console, right? When in in the early nineteen eighties, you had individual little handheld things that were um, like a little Pac-Man game, and then you'd get a little Donkey Kong Nintendo game, game and little Watch. Those, those little tiny, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, they were the, um, awesome, uh, and they were great. But of course, you can you know subsequently they develop tools that you you, you can play all of those games Mm. on one one device right and and the fact that you can play uh donkey kong doesn't make it worse at playing pac-man right and so there's no there's no um you know detrimental effect on the other function and and i think those are the you know the sort of multifunctional um versatile tools that that are are the best, really?
2: There is. Well, cool. that brings me on, actually. Even though, yes, I feel like we need to address mobile phones and computers. I feel like we're lacking direction of it, but. Well, I was. But, but I need to on. make one other point, yeah, which is on. actually related to this, right? Yeah, which go on. is about another consideration you need to make is failure modes, because it's possible that, not necessarily the case, but it's possible that, um, you're by concatenating things, things together you end up introducing worse failures. So, yeah. in other words, when a sport breaks, you've just lost a spoon and a fork. Mm. Whereas if you ju- if just your spoon breaks, well, you can probably make do with a fork. Mm. Um, if you have a collection of 15 Nintendo Game & Watch handheld games, mm. and one of them breaks, you've still got the other 14. But when your PC goes down, you're in big trouble. And so I, I think you know, the, the ultimate kind of... Um, the ultimate multifunctional device, really, is our phones. Yeah, like I feel like they do, possibly even more. It's almost an injustice now,
1: or it's a weird thing to call it a phone, right? In a way, right? And I know. And ha, <coughs> ha, have you ever used a phone, by the way, for a phone conversation in if, a long phone conversation?
2: Do you Do you mean a mobile
1: phone? A mobile phone.
2: Yeah. Why are they bad? No, not really. Are they bad at it?
1: They're, they. They're, I, I get if I have a phone conversation for let's say a twenty minute phone conversation mm. and I come off it and I've got a sort of RSI type yeah, you know, they're yeah. really They're bad very for flat. You. They're not yeah. ergonomic at all, are no. they? No, they're no. wor- they
2: worse they're worse they're worse everything than the things that they're replacing. So I mean that's as an example I think it's a perfect example of what mm. we're talking about. Mm. Watches, they're nowhere near as good as a watch. They take ages. It takes ages to pull out your mobile phone, press the button, see mm. what time it is. You know, um, they're not as good, people paying for things with mobile phones drives me mad, all that palaver with typing in their pin number and all of that, really annoying. Calculators, very annoying as calculators. But you know, the point is they do all that. They're not as good at being a map. Maps are bigger, you can see where you're going. Then it's definitely not as good at being a book, but we use them for all these things. Um, So I feel like, you know, multifunctionality appears to be this great like benefit but actually if you think about it we're
0: just introducing a series of compromises and suboptimal outcomes into our lives
2: yeah we, for the price of doing more we get less out of each of those experiences and i and and um i yeah i mean you know i don't buy newspapers or maps or you know i don't need a phone book to write phone numbers in i d- don't need train timetables anymore or even a radio or a dictionary hmm. but my experience is worse interacting with all of those things because a mobile phone isn't designed to be any of them.
1: Um, I was just going to say, I think sort of bringing it, uh, bringing it round to, you know, kind of what you might actually do uh, or, or decisions you might make in in relation to, yeah. to multi-functionality. Okay, yeah. Um, what, one of the things that uh, that I th- that I was sort of thinking about, I, I always remember a. Um, Uh, A David Attenborough um, documentary where they were following chimps and this chimp um, picked up a stick and it was using the stick to get ants out of a hole and they held this up and they were like this is you know amazingly sort of ingenious uh, activity and I thought "Uh, well that's true you know they're using this stick for this this function and then I thought how many things do we use a stick for right Mm. okay same object Okay, for a chimp one one function for a human you know st- sticks certainly you know a few hundred years ago sticks were basically everywhere right you know used as weapons as fences as y- you know all kinds of different different tools minecraft is one of the one of the most fundamental objects you can build quite well there, yeah. there you I go. think so, i
2: think one piece of wood uh makes you four sticks right and you can't go back though. Once you've got sticks, so you shouldn't you shouldn't
1: make more sticks than you need because then you have to carry too many sticks. sticks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, fair enough. But the point is, the multifunctionality resides not in necessarily the object, but in the user, right? So multi, like one of the reasons mm. we are amazing mm. is because we can, like like a knife, okay, is is kind of quite. Single function, but you can cut all sorts of things with it and do all kinds of things. A, a paintbrush only does one thing, but look at what you know uh, an artist can do. Yeah. And so, um, so I think that sort of brings us round to this idea that that developing multifunctionality in in a tool, whether that's a, a computer button which only has one function, it you know it's a binary kind of interaction. Um, but it all boils down to getting the interaction with the user right, or getting the user to understand how to to, to use it correctly. And that's where this whole sort of industry of human centered design comes in, and ergonomics, and um, you know. And and so if we come right back to the original question of you know the return button, what should it? be used for mm. that idea when people say oh this thing is really intuitively designed right as if somehow we evolved with a computer or a tablet in our hand you mm. know and we knew what it was and what it did in fact we had a discussion about buttons the other day yeah. and whether a button is inherently like intuitively a thing you 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 or instinctively a thing you press yeah, the most fascinating conversation <laughs> yeah, it was, it was. Yeah. Um, but the point is um, that um, good design and good multifunctional design is not necessarily about the object, but in but in the um, in the use. And if you develop things to be used on the basis of a well understood set of conventions, then you can you can get th- so like um, computer game handheld consoles. Now you know they've got four buttons and a little a little thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can do all sorts of things in a game with them. But what they've also started to do is rather than, okay, the bottom button is, uh, is kick on this game and it's jump on that game and it's turn around on another game, those conventions have been built up and the combinations of those conventions have been built up so that you can pick up a game controller, play any game, and more or less understand what, what to do in it mm. by using this combination of different buttons a- accordingly. OK, um we, we need to um,
0: draw to a conclusion soon. I've got a question that I want to ask but um so I think we've we've covered it reasonably well we've talked a lot about the multifunctional side of things and and you've talked um, a little bit about, um, that Really, the multifunctionality comes from us as humans, and I like that.
2: Although... We've not really talked uh, I d- about... I, I see... When well, Chris hold on, Chris.
0: Okay, hold on, Nick. So definitely I want to hear from right. you. But also, do we want to talk a little bit about singular things? Well, that... that's what I was going to... Right. Well, we're on the same... Yeah. Nick, you and I, it's incredible.
2: Um Well, yeah. let's, let's say the opposite, which is specialisation. Right, there you go. Because what Chris was talking about, I think, there was making me think of, well... Actually, in a way, before you can have multifunctionality, you have to have the mono functionality, And that is something that evolves. So it's almost like things start out as a stick. And then we realise that we need one type of stick for uh, hunting a bird and a different type of stick for painting on the walls of the cave. And eventually those two types of stick split apart until Mm. you have paintbrushes and arrows, for example. And... um, and then it's only then, I think, you can start to go, oh, hang on a minute, maybe there's aspects of these that we can put together. Perhaps we can somehow unify a paintbrush and an arrow because you never know when you might need one or the other. But, you know, I, that, that pro- it's almost like objects have to split apart and, mm. and, and sort of proliferate and speciate before we can start thinking about reintegrating. And then some guy or girl comes along and goes,
0: hold on, this, the thing that we use for fishing, the thing that we use for shooting birds, or yeah. throwing at birds, what about if yeah. we brought those together even though twenty thousand years previous yeah even though twenty thousand years previously someone said no 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 we need to split these up. So yeah. sorry I interrupted you.
2: So no. the mobile no, the, phone is
1: a stick. Is, is well
2: I feel like it it's it's almost like but the thing is the things you do on a mobile phone still are still largely things that evolved before mobile phones were a thing.
0: Yeah, definitely.
2: Yeah. And I don't know I because fact, I haven't thought about it. All a
0: mobile phone is, I've just realized, it's the only thing because everything about it existed except for one thing. Are you going to mention ways? No. Okay. <laughs> no, everything about it. You're quite right. I've had an epiphany. Good. But but the only Let's thing... hope that, our
2: listeners have as well.
0: <laughs> the only thing that didn't exist about it is in the name.
2: Wh- it's what? mobile. That's the only thing. You're quite right. But we did... I mean, the concept of an object you can pick up and move around, that existed.
0: Well, but as a phone... So that was the first thing uh, that so that when a mobile phone first became a mobile phone, probably all it was was one that you could take it places and two, you could call. Maybe you could text. I don't know. Yeah. But that's that was the new introduction.
2: And you're yeah, yeah. So every single thing it does already existed. But it is interesting that that process of, uh, you know, the first thing we wanted to do was simply liberate our phones from the wall and... The concept of a mobile phone, if you remember that far back, Mm. was hugely exciting, Mm. merely because you could pick it up and carry it around. As a kid, I always wanted a walkie-talkie. And also it was yours. Yeah. Uh, But a walkie-talkie, so you could get up with some kind of mischief that you hadn't thought of yet, but you were convinced that if you owned some walkie-talkies, you could get up to some mischief. Yeah. And a mobile phone is basically that. And then I suppose they said, well, how do we make the best mobile phone? We'll just use a general computer. And we'll put a program that is a phone. And as soon as you've got that, well, why not load millions of other things onto it as well? Yeah.
0: I remember in the mid to early 90s, the first time um, I called a mate of mine and he said, Hello, Fraser. And I said, oh, How did you, how, yeah. how did you know it was me? <laughs> and he said, Ah. Oh. Because <laughs> and, and, I was calling a mobile phone. Yeah. It was one of my first calls to a mobile phone. But yeah. Um, really simple question What's your favorite tool? What's your favorite implement? What's your favorite thing? OK, because I've definitely got one. Um and yeah,
2: that's it. Happy with that? Yeah, you ready? Yeah, Nick. Ah, oh, th- there's nothing quite as primal as a good claw hammer. I've got a really <laughs> good claw hammer. Was it inherited? No, it's oh. not. I bought it, actually, but um, the uh, for hammer that I did inherit, in the sense of f- I found it in my cupboard when we moved in, it's this massive, uh, like it's just got a huge iron it looks like a some kind of war hammer from the olden days mm. and that ought to be my favorite thing mm. um because it's so big and heavy but actually because it's so big and heavy it's very difficult to use properly so my claw hammer you know just bashing a nail in with it makes you it takes you back at sort of 20,000 years yeah. and suddenly you're clubbing a, an antelope to death yeah um and it also cuz of the scary looking claw on the other on the other end mm. kind of adds to the adds to the feeling of you know um so yeah I, I absolutely love hammering a nail when you get it right in the middle of that that's yeah, a guy nice feeling like, isn't it yeah. Yeah, yeah so yeah i think that's the one that i get most satisfaction out of okay do you use it often yeah well we've got wooden floorboards and the the nails are always wiggling oh, yeah. their way up so yeah there's often an excuse to go in and bash a few nice okay
1: yeah. very good uh chris well mine i use uh well at least twice a twice a day which is my electric toothbrush Mm. Uh, yeah i swear swear by an electric toothbrush as as does my dental hygienist um so it definitely definitely' cause we went on holiday uh, recently and had to take you know manual toothbrushes oh, yeah, it's I don't just like it's just it's so much um more difficult to clean your teeth when you actually have to put in the mechanical action yourself and they're really really abrasive in a yeah. way that a nice little electric toothbrush yeah. head isn't so yeah yeah no, I agree nice um
0: yeah for me it's a it's a knife, it's a cooking knife ah um well, I don't use it to cook with, but I use it to cut with, but um it's and I didn't realize someone it's it's apparently it's a sabatier knife i mm. i didn't which is apparently is a thing I didn't know, but um, and when I got it, it was. What's nice about it, it's quite a general purpose knife in the kitchen. It's good for all sorts.
2: Oh, there's always that good knife yeah. which comes in handy for all sorts of yeah. things. Yeah,
0: and it's fairly sizeable. Yeah. Um. But I remember when I bought it, it was so sharp, and I let it go a bit. But now I'm just I'm just really all about sharpening it all the time. And yeah and it's now got a little cousin that's a really long like we call it the throat slitting knife <laughs> um, um because that's what i usually slit throats with yeah but um this is quite a long one i think i use it for raw is it meat. long and thin yeah it it's is. like a boning knife is that what it's, is was that what that is if it's yeah.
2: that one which is sort of thin all the way down and then widens a bit towards the handle yeah and yeah. it's
0: about say that long yeah yeah okay yeah a boning knife then and that's really hand i i use it i i get that out of uh, sort of any excuse like just trimming a tiny bit of
2: fat off off of a bit of chicken like, oh no i definitely need this knife and you no. But um, yeah, my knife. That's well, my yeah, so I mean nobody's your favorite knife is never gonna be a Swiss Army knife. No, no, can't be. That would just be insane. Yeah. <laughs> just using <laughs> that in the kitchen.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, all right, we'll stop there. Um, thank you as always for listening to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast. I'm Fraser McGrew. I've been here with Chris Rag and Nick here at Aleph Insights. Until next time, goodbye.